well, there you go. Uh, this call may be recorded for quality assurance purposes. <laughs> Boom. That's how you opened it up. So <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Zach. Um, for the audience, um, a quick intro, um, Zach, if you may. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So hi, everyone. I'm Zach. Um, I'm relatively new to Noster. Like I at first kind of gotten introduced to it probably back like uh, around a year ago when when Jack started checking it out. And I remember I listened to a podcast that I think Will was on. I downloaded the Dennis test flight, played around a little bit. Ultimately, I just kind of got wrapped up with other things. Like I, I was able to scroll further on Twitter than Domus while still kind of seeing new stuff. So that was all I kind of thought of it. And then it wasn't until a few months ago, maybe like October-ish, that I, I don't know what kind of prompted me to, but I revisited Nostor again. And then once I kind of got like how much how much more there is to Nostor beyond like the, the microblogging stuff, that's when I was like, okay, this is this is really cool. And then I've been writing a bunch of code ever since. That's awesome. And um, in terms of, yeah. Is uh, Flockster your first project or you had a previous one? Yeah, so Flockster is really the main thing that I had built with it. Like it was, uh, I had like made kind of just a, a base client just as my first thing that I've ever kind of did. Like I feel like that's kind of the the de facto first Nostra project is just get a bunch of kind ones and set up um, all the basic stuff. Uh, so I was able to do that. But then like you quickly realize that in order to, make a, a kind of kind one client as good as it would need to be to compete with the, the juggernauts out there it would it just takes it's a ton of effort and like for me i just kind of saw if we want to push the space forward it doesn't make sense to have 100 people working on on kind one clients so i figured i could try out on some other things so flux was the first thing that i i'd really worked on and, and pushed everyone um and for those that aren't familiar flexor is like a, a meetups.com slash eventbrite replacement um that's all built on master that's freaking awesome um any any of you guys have any questions for um for zach before i um uh, anybody no all right so, so uh, let me let me ask you this uh, on flockster zach um how you know how, how's the growth been i know like it had a an initial bump you know with the uh, you know the um bitcoin park effect you know presentation down there and but we've seen it spread out pretty pretty wide and a lot of people you know started doing tests uh but now are really confirming a lot of events and seeing it as a, a utility on a nostril yeah yeah no I, I mean it's been pretty wild to see how many people have started using it like i remember actually the first time i saw will i think i actually saw him on twitter tweet about it and like he just mentioned he had no idea that like he just mentioned like flockster this thing looks pretty cool and like that was another that was like uh i, I kind of fanboyed a little bit there but that, that was really cool um, but yeah, I mean, people are still creating events on it. It's it, it's really cool to see like real meetups happening on Flockster instead of some other places. Um, and honestly, like I've been working on a, a ton of other stuff. I have, I have a few other projects in the pipeline, and it's just a matter of kind of building what people want to see. And like obviously, the the response to Flockster was so amazing that like I was able to put a ton of effort into that. And I, I definitely have a bunch more features I want to add there. But there's also there's just like there's so much opportunity here that there's there's so much I want to work on. So it's hard to get focused on, on one thing and only do that. But yeah. That's awesome. Um how's your I want to ask you about your journey um on Nostra and uh Bitcoin. I'm curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So this may be a bit controversial, but we'll, we'll ease into it. So my kind of like, obviously I had heard of Bitcoin in like 2017, I think I was in high school at the time. And it was, it was very much just like internet money go up. I was kind of amazed by it, but I didn't look into it much more than like people are gambling on some like internet coin. Um, and then it was by 2021 or 2022, I like started getting into Ethereum a little bit. Um, I was like, getting into computer science. There was some cool stuff to do. A, a few friends of mine were into NFTs and stuff. So I played around there for a little bit. Um, and yeah, like I, I had fun. I thought, I thought it was cool. I was down with like the decentralized vision for everything, but obviously um, since then my, my views, at least on Ethereum have changed a little bit. Um, uh, so I had been working at like a, a normal kind of 
the Web2 startup for after I graduated college for a year. Um, and then it was around February when Ordinal started taking off and a friend of mine that I had met on Twitter um, back in my Ethereum days reached out to me about building an, an Ordinal's client. Um, and that was that was kind of my first real intro into Bitcoin in like a, a really uh, like a, a beyond the surface level sense. So um, before then, like I kind of looked at Bitcoin as like, okay, it's cool, but it doesn't really do anything like people buy it and then they sit on it and then they hope it goes up and then maybe one day they'll sell it. But there wasn't much I could contribute to that space. Whereas Ethereum, like after all these companies were getting founded and these like dApps were getting created and it just seemed like a much more dynamic space that was more interesting to me at the time. But um, Ordinals, like I may be controversial, but that's, that's what brought me into Bitcoin. Like that's where there was a bunch of fertile ground to kind of build random stuff and play around with things. Um, and that was my first foray into Bitcoin. Um, beyond that, once I kind of found out about Nastia, that was then obviously that opens up a lot of doors as to other stuff that you could build on Bitcoin and not, not necessarily building on Bitcoin specifically, but building in that kind of ethos. Um, and it's, again, something that it's, it's a lot easier for a novice to enter because like no one's going to be making some new encryption library to contribute to Bitcoin if they like had just graduated school and are playing around with this stuff like it's. The, the barrier to entry is fairly high, whereas for something like Master or Ordinals, it's significantly lower. Um, so yeah, I, I had been working on this Ordinal stuff for uh, about six months, and then I had heard more about Master and decided to look into it again. Um, and then that was when I was like, oh, wow, this is this is really, really cool. Um, and then I started started building some some things there. So that's that's how it started for me. Looking at the uh, mempool today, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think 330 sets per V byte or something like that. It's, uh, it's it down then. earlier. It was like a, it was at 600 for a while. Oh, well, I I, I remain. I, I try to be agnostic on the ordinals, like thinking that the market will figure itself out. Um, do you still? like see value in the ordinal approach um or yeah so here's here's my kind of like thesis on ordinals and um yeah so my, my thought is like bitcoin is a decentralized permissionless network if people could find ways to do whatever they want on it have at it like there there are no rules here they're paying they're paying transaction fees just like anyone else um so like i, I don't buy into any of this like ordinals are an exploit or anything i don't i don't really agree with that and i think that any any attempt to to quell this with some kind of fork or whatever i think all that will lead to is worse consequences down the line where people are going to find other ways to to put random data onto bitcoin like you i don't know if you guys have seen the stuff with like the, they call it um like bitcoin stamps but they're essentially they're a much worse way to to do what ordinals they're doing so i don't think anyone wants that um but yeah like i i think it's kind of cool to be able to store something on chain forever for uh, at least for however long bitcoin will last personally i i'm not a fan of the brc20 stuff like i i i mean it's like I don't partake in a lot of the, the fungible token stuff. I think that it's all it's all meme stuff that people want to gamble, like have at it. We're, we're adults here. No one should be telling what or what you can or cannot buy. So I, I have no issues with people buying it. I like obviously there are always going to be bad actors in any space that are making promises that'll never get filled. So that's never good to see. But I don't know. The way I see it is. We all get mad at when Elizabeth Warren tries to characterize Bitcoin as a bunch of criminals using it to buy drugs and and other stuff. And I, I think a lot of times when people characterize ordinals, they, they try to paint it in the same light where they say this is a bunch of scammers just trying to sell shit coins to, to innocent, unsuspecting victims. And like in reality, I think we're not giving each other enough credit. People are gambling. They're aware they're gambling. Um, so let them gamble. Uh, and yeah, like that, that's kind of my view on things like there, there'll be bad actors in any space, but we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't try to condemn, uh, an entire space because of a few dishonest actors. Um, and ultimately like for me, like this, if it wasn't for ordinals, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be into Bitcoin right now. And I think there are, there are lots more eyes onto Bitcoin. Miners are certainly happy. Transaction fees are up. Um, and this has brought like there, there's a full circular economy denominated on Bitcoin and it just so happens that they're trading JPEGs. So like if it was any other thing, if it was like hard drugs, I think the maxis would probably be fine with it. 
but um, for some reason, people people are upset by the JPEGs. But I don't know. It's cool that like nothing has USD values on any of these ordinal sites. Like almost all of them are exclusively saying this is 0.5 Bitcoin, this is 0.3 Bitcoin, and I, it's kind of cool having like a, a an economy of people just strictly transacting through transacting through Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, like I, I think if there's one kind of like saving grace, it'll hopefully teach people about why Bitcoin is better than Ethereum and other chains in a lot of ways. And I think that like that certainly has happened for me where it really opened my eyes to some things and hopefully that happens to others. Um, and yeah, like overall, I think there's a lot of potential for the ordinal space. Like there are clear people may think it's stupid, but there are clearly people that are interested in these kind of digital collectibles. Um, so for anyone that's not interested in it, like no one, no one's forcing anyone to buy them, but I mean, th there's clearly interest. Like obviously there's been a big crash and burn for a lot of the Ethereum NFT space. Um, and I, there's, there was a lot of promises there and a lot of VC investment that had poor incentives. Um, but I, I think that we're entering a, a more digital world and there will be some kind of, there will be some value to this idea of like digital scarcity. Um, in some sense. So I don't know. I, I'm still somewhat optimistic on ordinals. I think things are hyping up now again. So whenever there's a lot of hype, people have to be vigilant and like you, anything you buy could go to zero. So don't spend anything you can't lose. But um, I think overall, it's it's fun to experiment and it's good. It's a net positive for the space. Well, I agree with you uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I'm curious your thoughts around ocean mining and yeah their um sort of approach to sort of uh try to you know ban or you know i, I don't think ban's the right word but you know um you know curate uh, filter their yeah filter their block space yes yeah um yeah so like my views on this like in some sense, it's it's a bit futile. Like there are, I don't know what like fraction of a percent of like total mining power. So, regardless of what they wanted to do or don't want to do, it, it wouldn't affect ordinals in like a in a broad sense. But like specifically, like about the stuff that Luke Das Jr. talks about. I mean, like he's free to have his beliefs. Like personally, I disagree with the notion that ordinals are spam and ordinals are an exploit. But like if he wants to say that, that's totally fine with me. Um, I just think that like economic incentives are why miners exist. They're why we're on Bitcoin. And if he's gonna make his mine, make it all the people that are contributing their hash power to his mining pool, not mine the transactions that have the highest fees, like he's just hurting himself. And like, as is minor economics are not great. Like they're really kind of like, as these halvings come, they're kind of scraping by and there's no, like it. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to leave money on the table. And personally, I think ignoring ordinals transactions is leaving money on the table. Um, and also, I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some mining expert or anything because I'm, I'm far from it. But I think a lot of the stuff with that's been happening with Samurai Wallet and and Ocean is a bit is concerning as well. Like they're they have nothing to do with ordinals, but they I don't know they, they seem to be over um the opportune limit on knots and i just i don't know I, i'm not a fan of the rhetoric that luke Dash jr uses it i don't know it always seems very hostile um it's not very constructive and it just yeah like it it, it feels silly that he he talks about how like there's the rule there's this rule that the the what's it called opportune statement should not be more than 42 bytes but I mean, Bitcoin Core doesn't say Bitcoin Core says 80 bytes and um, a bunch of semantic stuff that I, I'm not an expert on, so I'm not going to pretend to be. But I mean, like he could do whatever he wants. Hopefully, the the miners will kind of point their hash power to. I mean, I, I would only assume they'll point their hash power to whatever will yield them the most returns. Um, but yeah, like it's a it's a free country. It's a free it's a free decentralized network. Have fun censoring whatever transactions you want to censor. But um, yeah, like overall, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, Roster has his hand up, but um, actually, here I'll let you ask the question. Since I hey, cool. cool, thank you. Uh, I was just wondering the demand for ordinals is it's not consistent it seems to come in waves so we kind of get periods of like insanely high transaction fees and then 
it'll kind of dip back down. It could dip back down to 20 or 40 uh, <clears throat> sats per byte. I'm just kind of wondering if, uh, Zach, you seem to have sort of a bit more experience with ordinals. So I'm just wondering if you could give some insight into why the ordinal demand for block space is not consistent and it kind of comes in peaks and troughs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, uh, with the ordinal space, a lot of this stuff is hype driven, where like the 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 huge kind of peak we saw back in May, that was all this kind of BRC20 launching. And it's a lot of like, I know a lot of the, like, the Asian community was super like big into that kind of fungible token stuff. And they had poured a, a ton of money into that, which caused that big um, fee spike. Um, yeah, it, it's like a lot of hype stuff. It's a lot of speculation where people think that this is an opportunity to make a bunch of money so it's worth spending a bunch of money on transactions to try to get your stuff stuff inscribed um yeah like i mean if if you look at a graph for the whole year like transaction volume the, the fees are it's they're they're consistently higher than they were in, in like the, the year prior obviously there are some huge peaks but i think that a nice thing that ordinals offers is like a it, it just kind of raises the floor on bitcoin transaction fees where They'll, there's just a, another source of demand for block space, which I think is a, a net positive for Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, like in terms of these kind of huge spikes, it's it's very hard to predict. I mean, if it's a lot of just people gambling, essentially, like you think that you have an opportunity to make a bunch of money by doing something, and then you're spending a bunch of money on, on block space. Um, there is, it's, yeah, like... I don't know. I, I think it, it's good in a way because it, it has really revealed a bunch of the issues that Bitcoin has that we're going to have to resolve before before we really scale. Because even if all of these were like normal Bitcoin financial transactions, like a lot of this is untenable. Like we want to be able to, if if Lightning's the future, people should be able to open the Lightning channel without spending more money than the than the liquidity of that channel would have been. Um, so I think that this is definitely a good kind of growing pain before um, people are like the vast before a significant amount of people are relying on Bitcoin infrastructure for day-to-day -day life and transactions. Um, so I, I think there it's growing pains, but they'll help us in the long run. And in terms of like predicting block space, like right now we're still sitting, the last block was just at 385. I would assume things will drop to around 200 at least by tonight. But I mean, who knows things, things are, are very hard to predict here. Um, yeah, like if you don't have if you have something to do that isn't super important, I, I'd wait. I don't think it's probably worth spending this much. Um, but I don't know if we'll ever get to a, a one to two sats per vbyte time in, in quite a while. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff waiting. That's great. Thank you. All right. Thank you for asking that question, Roster. Uh, Chef, I'm sorry, I gotta put you down. Seth, you have any any more questions about that same topic, or no, <clears throat> no? I, I was gonna ask uh, Zach about his other project, uh, Find Me on Noster. That seems to yeah, have sure. had uh, some early success. I know Daniel, Igor um, have been putting notes out in New York and Chicago. And uh, seemingly to uh, have had some bounties collected too. So, yeah, yeah, no. So th this is a it's another like this is a, a smaller scale, but this was a lot of fun. So essentially, what this is, um, it's f find me on master. So f m o n dot i o, um, and what you'll see there is a, a map of just like the the U S with a few like targets like map um, pins across there. And essentially what it is, is I, I made a bunch of QR codes that just link to um, like my, my Nostra profile. And I threw them all over New York City. And on a few of them, I put a little like NFC sticker under it. So if you tap it, um, you are essentially like, it, it just has like a little extra code on it. And what you could do is with uh, websites, like I think I used LightSats, I think it was called. Um, I, you could essentially like load up those NFC tags with some Satoshis and you essentially have like a bounty. So Daniel was the one that found um, the the one I, one of the ones that I put in New York city um, where I put like 10,000 sets on this little NFC tag, stuck the sticker on like the side of this building. 
posted it on the app. So you like you have a little map pin, and then as long as you you have to kind of track down where it is, you tap your phone to it, and then you'll be able to enter your um, I believe your, your LN URL and then redeem those sets. So it, I figured it would be a fun way to kind of hopefully get more people into Monster because if we have all these QR codes everywhere that say find me on Monster, hopefully some people would get interested in like wondering what's that and scan it and explore a little bit. I mean, I think that like this, it, 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 this is still like somewhat small scale. Like there's a, a lot more I could add to make it a, a better onboarding experience, especially for newbies where like, I don't do a great job at explaining what Noster is, which probably isn't too good. It kind of just throws you right into a profile page with some kind ones. Um, but yeah, it, it was a fun little experiment. I, I had fun making a, the, the UI for it is a bit out there. Um, there's a cool thing where if, if you see on the profile pages, um, there's a, a a big like welcome travelers button, and if you press that, the the website theme will change, and you get some different colors. Um, so yeah, it was a fun little thing I wanted to do, um, and I think there's definitely like further avenues we could we could go down to expand this. But I, I think it's a fun way to, um, if we could find good ways to onboard people, maybe give them some SaaS to start out with. Uh, that that would be cool. Hey, Daniel. I just want to say I really enjoyed that one, and it was. This is, I don't think I told you this, it's kind of a fun story. This is the first time I participated in a physical Bitcoin scavenger hunt in like nine years. Uh, <laughs> the last time I did it was in Central Park with um, this group called the Coin Crew and they were giving out like a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin if you could find them in the park. And so, yeah, it, this was the, the first time I'd done that. And it, it, it reminded me of like the early days of just like uh, sort of, learning what all this stuff is about and there's so many people out there that haven't ever experienced bitcoin and have no idea what they're what this is and have a lot of maybe misconceptions so i really i think it's an interesting way to get people onboarded my, my questions for you are first i there's no way to see that it was an nfc tag unless you knew so if you didn't know you just see, think it's a sticker and so like what would you do to, to improve on that and also um you know most people don't have lightning wallets set up so there's probably a lot of confusion about how they would do that, especially on a mobile device. Um, Cause you have to have a browser open, you have to have another page open in order to be able to collect it and get your wallet. So it just seems like there's a lot of steps involved. So I, I'd love there to be some sort of, maybe even a video or something that kind of introduces what Noster and Bitcoin are about when they um, tap the code or when they scan the QR. And then the other question is where can I get some of these tags? Because I really want to do this myself. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and yeah, like in terms of getting people like set up in Nasser, I've been experiencing this kind of this stuff a little bit, just trying to onboard some of my friends. Like right now, I think Primal does a great job with their integrated Lightning Wallet on their app, which is it's just really smooth where people are able to sign up with their account, have a wallet, like all set up for them. And like, I mean, obviously you're not getting the best deal if you're buying sats with Apple Pay, but at least I could send them some sats. Um, and then they just kind of get started with this flywheel and, and have a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, like there is that definitely needs to be fixed. Essentially, maybe just like having a, a tap me kind of thing on that sticker would probably go a long way. The, the, the tricky part is that you need to you need to have like the URL be somewhat dynamic because you want this code to like if it was just like when you're ordering these stickers, you're you're not getting like I ordered a pack of like 50 and it's, the, the stickers are all identical. So obviously you can't have the same code on every single sticker. Um, and then also if someone is able to just kind of get a picture of that sticker, then they're able to kind of game the system. Whereas the, the NFC tags are nice because you could easily set any URL you want to them um, and you could change them down the line. And also they're just like super cheap. So it's, it's not a big deal, but yeah, we, de we definitely have to make it a bit easier to, to know that you're supposed to tap your phone to it and not just scan the QR code. Um, yeah. And like, in terms of getting people set up, I think there's, there's a lot that we have to do beyond just like find me a master. I think that as a whole, one of the, the big projects that I think is kind of waiting to be done is a rewrite of the Noster website where like a lot of people's first, like when you hear about Noster, a lot of people don't realize that this is something where you have a bunch of different clients that are all kind of using the same relays or maybe different relays, but you could be on Noster in like a thousand different ways. So people will kind of default, like go to, okay, I guess I'll go to Noster.com or whatever the Noster website is. And then when they go there, they see a bunch of like JSON and development stuff that might be a bit intimidating and not, not the most um, welcoming onboarding experience. So I think that 
changing up Nostra.com to be a bit more like normie focused and just a, I don't like, again, I'm not like a, I'm not a designer or marketer, so I don't know the best way to do this, but getting something set up. So it's a really clean and easy experience to explain what Nostra is uh, a little info about it and then get someone set up with their MPUB and a lightning wallet. I, I think that would be, that's, that would be great. And I, I hope that someone t takes that on. I think that like along with this, a lot of the stuff that Pablo is working on with authentication and key management is also super important because like people sign up when you, when you sign up for a social network for the first time, you're not, you're not acting like this is super important and you need to make sure you don't lose anything. You're, you're just kind of being like, all right, I'll check this out. And then if it's important, I'll go on it more often. Um, and like, as a result of that, you could sign up for Nostr, you forget to copy your NSEC and then it just, it's gone. And you're, you're kind of like, yeah, like you, you have no recourse from there. So I think building out a really robust authentication standard um, where people are able to, I don't know, whether it's sign up with an email or a phone number, and be able to recover a lost NSEC, at least in the beginning, I think I think it's super important. Um, so yeah, like a lot of communication work needs to be done. And like, this is all stuff that I, I hope that some people work on um, during sovereign engineering in Madeira. I'm sure that I'm like Pablo is obviously working on a bunch of stuff related to this. So I'm, I'm sure he's got things in mind. Um, but yeah, like this is this is a this is one of the biggest things I think kind of hindering Nostra's growth is just just the communication side of things and making it really easy for users to to get onboarded and not not get wrecked. Yeah, you said a lot of the same things that I remember Rabble was talking about during Nostrasia about the Nostra.com site just looking like a development resource, which it's great for what it is, but for onboarding people um, who are just learning about Nostra and they're hearing the name and then they go there, they're just not gonna find what they're looking for. And, and you know, I, I, I think Ben Ark, um, probably need some some people to to work with on this because it's you know obviously it's going to be a big job to kind of overhaul that site but i think this would be a really important community effort for all of us to be able to contribute to because there's so much that um is still needing to be built not just in terms of technology but in terms of um the the public face of of what this all is yeah yeah 100 percent um, and it, I, I'm glad that it's like there. There are a lot of people like Rabble had. A, he had a, some great posts about it, and like this is a this is something that a lot of people are aware of, and like hopefully, um, like there'll be plenty of people working on this stuff. Um, but yeah, like this is a big part of like this is something that I've been really thinking about a lot is like how to grow Noster, and whether it's speaking to my friends or the other day I was actually able to speak with Dylan Leclerc, who's like obviously huge on Twitter, and I was just kind of speaking to him about what. Like he has a Nostra account, but he doesn't post on it that much. And like, what was stopping him from posting it? And like the thing you hear over and over, it's just like the, the it's, it's a feed slash content issue where you're able to scroll on Twitter for hours. Like it's probably not good for you, but you can scroll on Twitter for like two hours and be pretty engaged the whole time. Whereas Nostra isn't, isn't the same thing. And like, maybe that's a good thing where maybe we don't want to spend all day on social media and we just kind of want to, you want to scroll to see what the people you care about have posted and then leave. And like, maybe that's healthier for everyone. But I, there's still things that you need to, that we need to work on where like I onboarded, onboarded my younger brother and like, I'm the only other person he knows on Nostra. So like he followed me and then that was, and then it's like, he, what is he looking at? He's, he's not really looking at anything. So we need, we need a ways to kind of get new newbies onboarded and get them following all, all the big accounts that are, that are constantly posting. So they're, they're able to, they're able to find at least some novel stuff on there, maybe interact a little bit and, and grow. Um, and like, this is going to be hard. Like it, it's easier to do something like that when you're Twitter and you have a huge database of posts you're able to curate these feeds asynchronously and you're able to like artificially boost new accounts to get more engagement. So they kind of get hooked on it. And like, that's, it's like, that's a, it's a, it's something that we just have to acknowledge that we'll never be able to do something like that. So we just have to find other ways to onboard. So like there are things that are going to be harder, but um, we just need to make it work. And I think that a, bit, a part of this too could be like, there are kind of two ways that you could onboard someone. You could onboard them through the, the microblogging side of things where you get them on Domus and then they start following people and using it as a replacement for Twitter. Or you get them through the other stuff side where they're using whether it's Highlighter or Flockster or any of these other great, or like Habla, any of these other great um, master clients that aren't just the the kind of the like 
microblogging Twitter client. And then maybe they have an account, they find things that are interesting, and then they realize, oh, you know what, I already have an account. Why not just check out what's happening um, in the the kind one space and then engage that way? And I, th I think that's an unexplored area that has a lot of potential. You know, the biggest complaint I hear from people who have tried Noster and then left is that people on Noster only talk about Noster, which isn't even true. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people who do because we are all in a, a community of builders and we're all looking for ways to improve the experience that we're having for ourselves and for other people. But there is so much other stuff, you know, to, to use that phrase within the Noster universe. There's um, food, there's art, there's music. I mean, there's so many different things that you can explore, but I think there's a perception problem. And uh, I'd love to sort of unpack ways that we can improve that uh, because I think that's what's potentially gonna drive more users on board. Uh, every single person I've onboarded <laughs> with a few exceptions have left. And it's kind of sad because I want to talk to them there, but they're not there. And I keep reminding them about it. And they're like, oh yeah, I'll check it out again. And they never do. So I just don't, I don't know what that hook is going to be. It certainly wasn't zapping for a lot of them. So it has to be something else. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and it's it's like hard. Like it's not like we've seen a bunch of decentralized social medias just kind of catch on and leave Nostra in the dust. Like this is this is a problem that is being faced. It's not unique to us. Um, and like it's I think it's it's healthy that there are other decentralized social medias that we're competing with. I personally think that Nostra will will crush them by a mile just because of other the other stuff side of things where like there's there's so much more potential here than there is on on places like like Farcaster um, or Massimon, like n no shade there, but um, I just think that the, the potential on Mouser is just like, I mean, you can't compare. Um, I think a big part of this also will be, I don't know, like I think a big issue also like that, I think that like uh, we were kind of alluding to earlier in the conversation when, when um, before me, when, when the Domus guys were talking a little about like grants and stuff, like we need to figure out how do, how do we have sustainable companies that are built on Mouser and like, that don't need to rely on grants to su succeed. Now, like that, this is this is super important for the long term health of the space. Where, like, if you want, if you want, like, young builders that are like entrepreneurial and care about their stuff to invest time building in the space, like, we need to. There needs to be a, a big profit incentive, and like, you want to be able to build a a big company that's able to make a bunch of money one day, like that. Like that's that's what drives people to do this stuff. Um, so we need to find how that works. Um, whether it's zap splits, whether it's having some like better kinds of advertisements where it's not the the kind of um, insidious like data hogging stuff that that we see on a lot of the big tech platforms, but maybe something that's a bit more consensual on both sides where um, you're willing. I don't know. Like, this is stuff that needs to be experimented on, but. We, we need to find ways to have profitable master companies that don't need to rely on grants. And I think like obviously OpenSats has been a saving grace for, for the, this last year and, and will, will certainly be huge for the next few. Um, but at some point we need to like, we're not going to have Jack's money forever. So um, we need to find a way to, to make a return on this investment. Um, and I, I'm like up for any, any kind of ideas for there. So I think that's that'll be the next huge problem that we start to face. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I'm someone who comes from an advertising and marketing background, and I'm very hesitant to try to build something in the advertising space within Nasser because I know that if it's not done right, it's going to be very, you know, unpopular. And we've seen what's happened with um, the the advertisements so far hasn't really worked out so great. So I definitely don't want to build something that isn't going to be uh, something I would be proud of. And so, you know, I'm also looking for people to collaborate with on good ideas that are respectful of the community and, and, and the values that we share. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And like, that's something where it's like, it's not, I don't think it's a great idea to just like launch something because like people are going to be like, a lot of people hate ads and like somewhat rightfully so, like ads kind of suck. But we need to find the the right balance where people aren't going to be like so turned off by it right away and maybe give it a chance. So something that I've been thinking about, and I'm curious to get some feedback here, is the idea of maybe some like like right now, Nostr's still small. We're all kind of interested in similar stuff. So in some sense, that's nice for a company where if you are, say, you're a company like CoinKite, where you have a, a relatively like you know your audience, your your audience is Bitcoiners. 
you're well-respected in the space, you want to support companies in the space, it makes sense to target the people on Master because like that's those are your customers. So I, I think it would be interesting to see something where a company, whether that's CoinKite, whether that's that's Jack's BitKey company, whether that's who knows, and any of these any of these Bitcoin companies that that are popular um, and well well liked, if they would like sponsor a site for a day where an open source project would have um, like a, a substantial kind of feature for saying like today we're supported by X. Um, and then that would be it. like you you see it on the landing page once you go into the site it doesn't distract you anymore it's not it's not in your face but you see it, it's I don't know I, that some that seems like attractive to me because it's more it feels very transparent you see that they're they're um, supporting open source software if like pretty much all these projects in Nostra are open source so um, they're kind of giving back to the community in a sense and also you're like you're somewhat providing a service to your audience where you're selectively choosing a company that you're willing to kind of put your back behind and say like these people represent our values i want to feature them like similar to how like a well-established youtuber would have an ad for a company during one of their videos where i mean obviously this could easily go down a, a bad road where you're just showing whatever is giving you the most money and like that we we, we definitely don't want to we, we don't want that to happen but um i think there's i think there's a space for saying my audience lines up with your target customers. I like what you do. You do what you do honestly. You have the similar values. If you want to support me, that would be fantastic, and we could work something out. So I, I think that that's an interesting idea, and I, I would love to hear some feedback there because um, obviously I haven't implemented anything like that yet. But I think that I've, I mean I haven't talked about this with really anyone yet, so I, I, I it's, it's very new, and it's I'm sure there are flaws that I haven't thought about yet. But I'm curious to hear some people's thoughts. Zach, you and I should just get coffee and talk about this stuff because there's so much that we could, I think, you know, begin to put on the back of a napkin. Probably ideas we wouldn't want to share publicly yet because they're not well formed. But uh, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about that. Yes, yes, absolutely. I had this um, solution, um, which I don't even know if it's a. It's it's certainly not the best solution for um, the issue that you guys are speaking about when um, when onboarding a user and their feed is pretty much uh, not the same as anywhere else that they're looking at where they have a whole bunch of different content that keeps them engaged. Um, I was thinking about a solution where you might have these bots that are like maybe RSS bots that have curated content from elsewhere that somebody else curated on another platform. And let's say you really like that, that curated content that's somewhere else, right? And that person doesn't know about Nostra or hasn't figured out yet and is not on this platform. But that's like the only reason why you're maybe leaning more towards the other platform because you really want that content and you don't want to stop engaging with it. Um, maybe having the ability to like bring it back with you here to Nostra is a good idea where you could basically um, just have the algorithm that you you know really enjoy if you are able to curate it in a way where it's with rss bots that you know could be from any other platform um, an example that i could give you is like let's say i really like this person that puts out great papers on ai and that's the only reason why i'm on x and this is a true story this is like the only reason why i'm still going to check on it from time to time because researchers are on there and they're not here. So I have to constantly be doing that. But if I had the ability to have an RSS feed of that content on Nostra, um, it would be great. I have no needs to go anywhere else. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a good, uh, it could be done for any for any type of content, right? So, um, but I don't know, I, I wonder what you guys think about that. Yeah, I think that's an awesome idea. I mean, I think that's that's definitely a, a big reason. Like a, a lot of times, like our clients are good enough where I don't care whether I'm seeing something on X or on Domus or on Primal. Like I, I just want to see it. And sometimes you, you right now, Nostra isn't in the place where you're going to see everything that's happening, um, where it's, it, it easily could be. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's a great idea to get just a, whether it's bots or just people kind of dedicated to curating specific topics. Um, that makes a ton of sense. And by the way, you know, Nostra is already bridged to Mastodon through the Fediverse links um, that 
you know, or through Monster Pub. And so and I think soon it's also going to be able to pull in feeds from threads and we can already obviously post tweets there. So it seems like there's a, an interesting idea in having some sort of curated content where I had this, this thought, you know, I was talking to LSAT about this, where you could sponsor relays for someone when they first start. So if you have a friend you want to onboard, you just pay for their relay and that relay would have curated content already on it so they could follow it. And if it's bots reposting popular notes, then they'll see those notes from those original users and they can follow them. And we probably need a better way to follow sort of bulk follow users. I mean, you can do it on some clients, but it doesn't work that well on most of them. Uh, so having a way to just sort of immediately fill up your feed. So when you first get here, it doesn't feel empty, uh, I think would be um, a really kind of great way to kickstart some of that interaction. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think also, like, one thing that will be important is being able to get a client set up where you're seeing posts by people that you don't necessarily follow, but people that you follow are interested in or have liked. Like, I think that that will be a huge step once we're able to get something like that working. Um, and like, like, I think that's, that's one, that's how new newbies could grow like if you want to grow your master presence it'll be it's certainly helpful to be able for like a popular note you have to, for other people to see it even if they haven't necessarily replied to it or if, or if none of their followers have replied to it or quote tweeted it but just having liked it and kind of being able to get that sense of things like that would be huge um i think that like having something set up where you have a dvm that is your kind of your feed curator you pay it a few sats every week it curates a feed based on all of your your whole network and i and there's a ton of potential there i think that would that would be awesome um and it, it's just a matter of getting something like that built out we need a nasser ambassador program by the way if anybody has any other questions in the audience raise your hand we're coming up to the last uh, 10 minutes or so Another random thing that I think would be really awesome, we should get Nostra Nest built into the clients. Like we, we should have this like Twitter does it, where on when you, whenever you're on Twitter, you see all the spaces going on and you could hop in one and just kind of listen in the background. Like that's, a, I think that's super low hanging fruit that we should be able, we should add that to Nostra where if you're, I'm scrolling on a client and I see, I see a, a few spaces that look interesting and you could just hop on. Um, I think that's, that's huge. Uh, that's that's honestly a big a big reason why I still use Twitter is for spaces, um, and I think that like Nostra Nest works certainly well enough that like the, as a client this is this is totally fine. We just have to show it up on some of these on some of these kind one clients so people so people are aware of what's happening. Well, good news. Semi Soul says it's coming in two weeks. TM. Actually, regarding the design of things, um, I've seen Carnage actually make some sort of a design implementation, just like a draft for Snort. But um, I think there was even like some sort of a Webflow preview of it. I think Sleepy, you saw it before, like a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Hey, guys. So uh, one thing I wanted to say just on the topic of you know sort of the emptiness of Noster. I think to me that's almost part of the appeal a little bit right it's just the that you got to be a little bit more exploratory and curious I kind of like that aspect of it I think I guess you know with the way it's built there'll always be you know clients or something that are totally you can figure everything from nothing and and make it into what you want right like but um yeah, I guess you guys are talking more about now building clients that are more like automatic or, or to kind of bring the masses in a little more. Well, I think you have to compete where the competition is. And right now it's, you know, built around a lot of AI tools and simplification and onboarding and things like that. I, I was at... Uh, uh, one of those labs, uh, Q labs or quest labs or something like that a while back. And <clears throat> they had like a thing, you just like scan your identity and it was actually real easy. 
and like the whole on onboarding process there is evolving in a way that's you know a little more like you know walking you through it versus you know interacting with a layer of bureaucracy and uh, i think that's a good approach uh but derek so zach um brother good to hear from you again and, and uh lo love what you're doing man always always love to stay up to date with all the updates you're putting out so regarding your comments on nest absolutely all that stuff's part of the roadmap and you can contribute if you would like there's a new developer that started working on it a week ago uh, maybe two weeks ago by now you know time flies in the nostroverse but anyways he's been working on it uh past week or so and he would love some talented developer help because yes it should be integrated into clients and all we need to do is use the live presence nip which is uh part of the roadmap and then they'll show up in clients that support showing live presence um events such as you know audio streams or video streams like Right now they just show zap.stream because nothing else is using it but absolutely nest should show up and then you should be able to also set your status uh, i think whatever nip that is 52 maybe i don't remember whatever that nip is to set your status updates somebody can join directly from your status oh yeah yeah there's all sorts of plans for discovery but we just need somebody to start to build that Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a new project that's, that's pretty big that I haven't launched yet, but should be coming within the next few weeks that I could definitely integrate some some live stuff there, and I, I definitely plan to. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 just waiting for people to do it, and it's so cool that we're able to like you could throw in like you could be on Mutiny Wallet and see oh look this guy is live talking about something and like that you could do that so easily, which is crazy. And like, I think like, that's what makes it like, that's just like why Noster wins. Like that is so cool to be able to do something like that. Um, and hopefully it'll be relatively easy to, um, and it's still just like, it's so early here. Um, and there's so much further ground to build on. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's so exciting. What I'm hearing is, is after, after you have your project finished, you're going to come help build these features in the nest and, and, uh, and UTXO down there. I'm going to talk him into helping too. He he uh he's done fighting the the Canadian government. He said so. He's he's ready to ready to do some more stuff. What what I can promise is whenever I find a bug, I'll make a PR to fix it. That, that's the that's the <laughs> oh, degree man, to which I could I'll contribute. I'll just pick it, man. You do your own shit. You're doing cool stuff. We'll we'll find other people. You do what you're doing. It's amazing. You just keep it up. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Hey, Zach, how uh, can we connect to find me on Noster? If I wanted to print out my own stickers, how, how can I do that? Yeah, for sure. So the sticker thing, I essentially, like, it's, I don't have anything like that built out yet. Uh, essentially for the sticker, what you would want on the QR code is just the link to your profile. So what that would be is like, fmon.io slash your end pub or if you want just dm me and i'll i'll add you to our dip five so it could be like find me on like fmon.io slash seth and then it'll it'll go to your page and that way it's just it's a cleaner qr code because you have less data there um and then what i did is i had like these i i i, I used chat gpt for it and it was actually pretty cool like the chat gpt is is responsible for most the the qr code design which, which was pretty cool um so i was able to get that I made it into an SVG cleans it up a little bit um, there are a bunch of cool sites that you could generate by the way just a general PSA whenever someone's whenever you're creating a QR code never use any of these bullshit sites that's creating a link to their site that will then forward it to whatever destination URL you want like don't do that you're just then like they're controlling it they could charge you it's like that's their QR code so Always just buy, even if you want to just buy a cheap domain name that's really short, set up a, a little link forwarder thing. That way you, like, you get these super nice short links. 
I, one of the one of my weird pet peeves is whenever I see QR codes that are that are too busy for what they need to be. Um, but yeah, I, anyway, so um, I got these stickers all set up with. Uh, I'll send everyone the websites and stuff that I used for managing the SVGs and generating the QR codes. And then I used MakeStickers.com. They like they're cheap and the stickers are pretty high quality, so I, I recommend them. Um, ordered I think like like thirty or fifty of them for like. 20 bucks, not too bad. Um, and then the the NFC tags, you can just get on Amazon. Like I think, again, I paid like, I don't know, maybe like 10 bucks for 10 of them, like not bad. And that's all you really need. Like you could, most phones are able to program the NFC chips. Um, and then in terms of getting it on the app, like getting your your map pinned down, if once you you sign in, you'll, in the, the top right, the top right corner, there'll be like a little kind of target button. You press that to kind of place a, a map pin. Um, and then all that you're doing there is you're like giving it your location so it knows where to put the pin. And then you could enter in an optional, um, like the, the lightning URL. So this will be the kind of redeem URL to redeem whatever bounty you're putting on it if you want to do that. Um, then it will also give you a random string, which is set up for the URL that you should put on the NFC tag. Again, if you want to just do the QR codes, free to do that. You don't need to worry about any of this, but then you're essentially, you would copy that extra random string. That's what you're, that, that URL with the extra URL parameter is what you're putting on the NFC tag to, or you could put it wherever, but that's what's giving the, the person that finds it the reward. Um, and then, yeah, you put it down there, it'll show up on the map and then someone hopefully was able to find it. Dude, love your Flockster, love your Find Me on Noster, and love your story into Bitcoin through ordinals and all that stuff. Zach, you are a legend already on Noster. Appreciate you hanging out with us, brother. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, yeah, awesome. I love that you guys are doing this. It's been it's been awesome being in the space, even though I'm still relatively new. I've had a great time so far, and, and can't wait to see what we're able to do in the future. Thank you, Zach. Thank you for being here, brother. Appreciate you. See you guys later. See you. All right, let me try to fix this real quick. Let me end the recording.